Good afternoon. This is the weekly wrap for Friday, November 17th. Well, for the week, corn's going to close up about four cents, beans down about two, wheat down about 23 cents, and cotton up about two cents. Speculators for the week were massive sellers of corn of 24,000 contracts. They're now short 168,000 contracts. For beans, they were modest buyers of 45,000 contracts putting them along 68,000. And in wheat, they were small buyers of 6,000 contracts, but still holding a record large short of 157,000 contracts for this time of year. And then for cotton, they were massive sellers of 16,000 contracts for the week, moving their long to now just a modest 8,000 contracts. Remember, they were 55,000 contracts long just six weeks ago. Technically speaking, corn continues to struggle. The 50-day moving average comes in at 481. We're going to close here right around 468, 469. The next resistance area comes in at 492. That's the 100-day moving average. And we haven't been above the 100-day moving average on, on corn since late July. For soybeans, we ran up on Monday, gapped higher, and then uh, tested $14, only to pull back all the way down to 1340, where this support has held. We're right around the 100-day moving average. The 200-day moving average comes in at 1323, so that would be very large support that I, I believe holds. For wheat, the 50-day moving average is at 575, and since we're going to close right around 550, we're a ways away from that. The next area of resistance would be 619. That's the 100-day moving average, and right now we're about 60, 70 cents away from that. For cotton, the 50, the 100, the 200-day moving average are all centered right between 83 and 84 cents. That's on the December contract. And since we're going to close right around 79, we're really not that far away, but that would be acting as heavy resistance for the moment. Export sales for the week were corn. For corn, were very large at 1.8 million metric tons. For cotton, they were solid at 328,000 bales, although they were lower than last year, last week, excuse me, but still very impressive. Wheat was very weak on export sales. And for soybeans, we sold some 4 million metric tons, which is the single largest one week ever recorded. So demand clearly coming for soybeans. Over to the macro picture where the Federal Reserve was happy to see the PPI, the producer price index, come in lower than expected. It was a negative 0.5. The market was expecting a 0.1. And so year over year, that number is now down to 1.3% versus expected of 1.9%. The CPI also came in below expectations at 3.2%. And last month, that number was 3.7%. So both major inflation readings coming in well below expectations. The government, uh, Federal Reserve, is uh, patting itself on the back here over the last week. More and more cries of a soft landing. We seem to be in the perfect uh, uh, sort of scenario, Goldilocks scenario we've talked about. The stock market has had a huge run and continues to forecast for a test of the record highs set toward the beginning of this year. Wages remain relatively strong, so the consumer remains healthy, relatively speaking, with uh, inflation coming down and wages holding in there. And so that's another leg as to why the recession call is not going to come anytime soon. The interest expense, unfortunately, for the federal government continues to skyrocket. 
the government, the federal government, continues to stimulate with uh, large expenditures, uh, and the interest on that is now gaining and soon to become the largest single line item on there. So at some point, we're going to have to deal with that in the future. The Fed funds rate right now is at 5.2%, and with inflation at 32 we are now basically uh, at the widest spread with rates, interest rates now well above inflation, something we haven't seen since 2007, 2008. The Russian-Ukraine war has basically gone dead quiet. It's now way on the back pages, but that continues to grind on. We talk uh, every week about uh, Ukrainian shipping capacity continuing to fall, uh, that nothing changing there. China President Xi came and visited uh, United States President Biden this week in San Francisco. Uh, that was the goal there was to strengthen ties between the U.S. and China, which have become constrained over the last year or so. Uh, there is some talk that this large bean purchase was a peace offering by China uh, in, in that uh, meeting. The war in the Middle East has also gone very quiet as Israel continues its ground assault to try to gain control of the West Bank where the militant uh, regime Hamas hides, uh, and there have been some negotiations of hostages back and forth, but that is also now on the back burner. Crude oil has collapsed here in the last week under the weight of large U.S. production. We're setting a record every single week, even though the rig count is down. Uh, U.S. production out of those rigs remains record high, and we are now exporting record amounts of crude oil. And with the quietness of the war in Ukraine and the quietness of the war in Israel, the war premium related to crude oil has been taken back out of the market. Managed money have been also heavy sellers of crude oil, uh, pricing in what they believe recession fears uh, to be coming after the first of the year. Fundamentals for crude oil remain very strong, with demand very strong, supplies continue to fall, I still believe this is a $100 crude oil market fundamentally based, but again, the crude oil market no different than any other commodity market subject to wild swings based on speculative money flows. Grains uh, for exports continue to improve, so we've talked here about how we're sitting at well below costs of production on corn, cotton, and wheat. Beans are at slight profits here. And so with these large crops, the market is pricing in, trying to pile drive prices down to stimulate export demand. We have seen a response in corn, beans, and cotton here over the last 30 to 45 days. Wheat, we have seen little to no response of an export market. So the concerns about lack of demand that were firmly in control of this market over the last month or two are being offset with uh, pretty strong export sales numbers over the last three weeks. This narrative, this switch in the narrative for, between concern for the crop size and now demand being stimulated is going to control this market for soybeans over the next 90 days until we get into Brazil harvest sometime in February. It will control the narrative on U.S. corn for the next six to eight months until we start worrying about the safrina corn crop that comes out of Brazil. And then it will be four to five months in control for the cotton market until we start worrying about Australian supplies coming on the market sometime in May. Same thing with Brazil. That would be the same time frame for their production coming on the market. In the meanwhile, the focus will shift 
to South American weather and production. Brazil is expected to get some rain again starting on Monday uh, through Thursday. There is somewhere between a half an inch to one to two inches uh, scattered coverage between 60 and 70 percent of the Brazil uh, area, growing area. And then the models flip back to record heat and little to no rain for the month of December. So we're going to have to keep an eye on that development. The market's struggling to understand what the crop losses are in Brazil for the moment. While the government of Brazil has the crop at 163.64, the trade is probably in the low, in the mid to upper 50s right now. I think the consensus trade for the Brazilian soybean crop is around 160 right now. I think the damage that has been done so far is far greater. And while these rains may save and prevent some extended damage, if the models confirm and flip back hot and dry in Brazil for December, uh, you're going to see catastrophic yield losses. We're going to move from small uh, controlled losses of 5 to 10 million metric tons, and these will balloon very quickly to something closer to 20 to 30 million metric tons, which would be a 10 to 20% crop loss. That would be more volatility going forward. So we're going to keep an eye on the development in South American weather, especially after the first of the year, excuse me, after the uh, first of December. We also have options expiration on all December contracts. They all expire next week, Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. I think managed money is going to do everything they can to keep this market pinned down. Until then, collect all these profits they have on corn and on wheat, and uh, then probably let loose of the reins of their ultra-aggressive selling. And they're going to have to make a hard decision in the month of December how they want to play the corn, beans, and wheat market going forward not only based on the size of the position, but the weather that's happening in Brazil. Argentina continues to run out of beans for crush. So the month of December, the crush capacity is expected to fall down to record low levels in December and January. That's putting a squeeze on global availability for soybean meal. That's why we've seen a huge run to almost $500 a ton on soybean meal. Uh, and that's going to not, none of that's going to change until Argentina gets beans sometime in that March period that would come out of southern Brazil and maybe some of their own production sometime in April. So obviously the Brazilian production is a huge component of the risks associated with soybean meal and the global shortage that is now in full swing and will be for at least the next 60 days. So we'll keep an eye on that development. That would obviously support crush. Crush margins are sitting at 200 and excuse me, $2.50 to $3 a bushel, depending on where you're located in the United States. The soybean crush remains extraordinarily profitable, keeping a bid under the market from crushers. So from a marketing perspective, what's our view? Well, corn, I still believe we're carving out seasonal lows this week and next week. That should allow the market to settle out here. And finally, in the month of December, trade a lot closer to 5, 5.25 a bushel by the end of the year. And then after the first of the year, when demand continues to come in for U.S. corn, trade closer to 5.25 to 5.50 sometime in Q1 of 2024. For soybeans, I do believe at some point in December, we test the contract highs in the January bean contract, which is around 14.41. That will allow some of you a catch-up sales and or an opportunity to advance sales if you wish. I still believe the hot and dry pattern will persist in the month of December, allowing the uh, crop 
to continue to fall in its production numbers. I think the global shortage of soybean meal with record crush margins are going to allow ultimately a test in that $15 to $16 area on beans sometime in Q1 of 2024. For cotton, seasonal lows tend to be made by the end of next week, early December. I do believe that's the, the case that we're grinding out right now. Ultimately, here in December, we're going to retest the highs of that 88, excuse me, 89 to 90 cent area that might allow some of you some catch up sales if you missed that original sale. Ultimately, in January, we're going to come to grips with what I believe is a smaller U.S. crop and better than expected demand that ought to tighten this balance sheet up, giving us a shot between 90 and 95 cents sometime early next year. That's the update. These are my opinions and not those of ADM or ADMIS. Have a great weekend. Talk to you soon.